Since the Sandbox fans, we're here with special guest Twan DeSimone, repping born and raised in Eastie. Twan's, what, fourth, fifth appearance on the podcast now? Something like that. Getting up there. So that, that's what we love to hear. We're talking positional ranking series today. And we're here with the linebackers. You guys just heard the safeties. You heard some of our wild card previews and X Factors. Stay tuned for the divisional previews and X Factors. But. We're breaking down the top 10 linebackers in the NFL today. Twan, I'm going to start this first, and as always, we go 10-6, 5-1. Let's go. Starting off the list here at 10, the Denver Bronco. Not a lot of bright spots in Denver, but they found, you know, a diamond in the rough here, and I'm not sure if this guy's on your rankings, but I have Alex Singleton here, and, and this guy, you know, he racked up total tackles of 163. He had a forced fumble three pass deflections, and seven run stuff. So, I mean, I feel like those are pretty good numbers. And even though, you know, Denver wasn't extremely, like, flashy defensive unit, they played solid defensive ball that kept them in games that their offense wasn't supposed to be in at all. So, Alex Singleton here at 10, at 9. This guy had a big game last night in the Chargers-Jacksonville game, and we know how that went. Definitely was one of the most crazy football games I've ever watched in my entire life. But Drew Tranquil here, I'm not sure if, if this guy's also in your rankings, but this is a little bit of a sleeper name, and this list was really hard to come up with, right? When, when I'm thinking about linebackers, you know, I'm not thinking of somebody with their hand in the ground, you know, rushing after the passer, even though, you know, you have those outside linebacker categories. But, you know, I'm talking about somebody that that's the mic, right? Or, or somebody that's going to be, you know, one of, one of the main cover guys. And this guy was pretty well with that, especially knowing that the Chargers invested in the linebacker position, you know, with Kenneth Murray, who's kind of been, you know, a little bit of a failed experiment. And I know I know you follow the draft coverage, Tuan, so, so you're probably a big Kenneth Murray guy. But Drew Tranquil here with a total of 146 tackles, five sacks, a forced fumble. An interception, four passes deflected, and 12 run stuff. So that that's a tremendous amount, you know, when you talk about the impact in the passing game and the running game. And this is a sleeper name on the list, but definitely somebody that needed to be included with his impact on the defensive side of the ball. At eight, I talked about Seattle a little bit, you know, when it came down to my positional rankings for the safeties. If you guys haven't had the chance yet, go and check that out, my 1 through 10 positional rankings. At eight, I have Jordan Brooks here. So, you know, this was the guy that was kind of, taking on that Bobby Wagner type of role when he left and he got some training with him before you know uh he departed and went to the Rams and don't worry Bobby Wagner's still on this list (laughs) but Jordan Brooks you know this was a guy that was a little bit underrated in the draft but you know wasn't wasn't a top pick but was definitely someone that was going to make that impact. Jordan Brooks had 161 total tackles, a sack, three tackles for loss, five pass deflections, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. So Seattle's really piecing together, you know, a good defensive unit. We just talked about Quandre Diggs. We talked about Neil at the safety position. Tariq Wolin will definitely be a name that's coming up when it comes down to the cornerbacks. So Jordan Brooks here, you know, once they get a couple premier pass rushes, that's going to be a top unit in the league. At seven, Tuan, we we were busting our balls about this a little bit before the episode started. And I'm hoping I don't botch this. (laughs) We're going to Jacksonville, one of their more underrated defensive players, Foyer Alolakon. Now, let's say that again. Foyer Alolakon. (laughs) Something something, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) 
So we have to give recognition to this dude because he led the NFL in total tackles this year. 184 total tackles. That's a crazy amount, especially for a defense that's not respected or regarded as one of the top units. Getting that many tackles, you know that you need to be on the field for 17 games. And availability is dependability. And being able to be depended on in NFL is one of the biggest you know, traits to, to be able to have a successful career. On top of that, he had two sacks, 12 tackles for loss, five pass deflections, two forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. So this is a young guy growing in the NFL and should be a name that we know for years to come. At six, a blast from the past, a throwback. Uncle Tony, you'll like this. C.J. Mosley for the New York Jets. Look, I thought C.J. Mosley was done. I was like, oh, this man went to the Jets. He took the bag. Like, he don't care about his career no more. But this dude had a tremendous year, and it's not the typical C.J. Mosley season that you would see on the Ravens, right? But 158 total tackles, a sack, five tackles for loss. This is my most impressive one. Seven pass deflections. Absolutely shows you, you know, the impact he has, you know, in coverage. And that wasn't always, you know, a big trade for C.J. Mosley, especially when you're playing the Ravens type of football. But coming over to the Jets and seeing the defense that they established, that's a big help. So that's a huge impact there. An interception and a fumble recovery. So C.J. Mosley on a little bit of, of a, an emergence for the New York Jets. C.J. Mosley here at six. Indeed he is. While, while you're on the topic of uh, Foye Luakon, just like thinking about that Jacksonville defense and how good it's going to be for years to come. We saw flashes last edge. night. You got those guys on the edge. You got Trayvon Walker. You got Josh Allen. And then you got Aluakon. Like that linebacker core is going to be good. It is. Absolutely. And they have Devin Lloyd, I think they got in the draft last year. Super young. And he can pass cover. So now when it gets to my rankings... I did it a little bit different, so I have some of these premier pass rushers that are labeled as outside linebacker. You can kind of interchange them, but I love so much about the defensive line. I didn't want to take away anyone from the defensive line. When I feel we get that. To those. Yeah. So if I'm going to start it off. Now, this is not a premier edge rusher, but it's someone that I saw a lot of improvement in. They had a pretty decent rookie year, but they did take a big jump this year, and this Kansas City's Nick Bolton. Yes, sir, I agree. number 10. I think he had a big jump this year. There's definitely more to do, but it was very encouraging to see him take that bigger step and, and be the second best player on that defense, in my opinion. I was going to say, the anchor on that defense, obviously, yep. you know, you have Chris Jones, who we'll talk about in the defensive line For rankings, sure. but last year, you know, when you're talking about the Kansas City defense, like, Bolton, like you like you talked about, you know, he was a bright spot as as a young guy, but yep. you always refer to Tyran Matthew. Now Nick Bolton and, and Chris Jones are the yep. guys. Those are the guys, hundred percent. Nine, I'm with you. The resurgence of CJ Mosley. Hey. Now you could argue he could be higher, right? You can. But I got some of those edge rushers up top there. I'm not gonna tell you yet. We're gonna get there. Calm Stay down. Tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> but I got CJ Mosley at nine, just the tremendous, like you said, seven pass deflections. What is he? Isn't he like 32 or something like that? Yeah, he's up there. He's up he's, there. That's For linebacker, that's an old man. Like, that's a, <laughs> that is an old man. Like to be able to do that and then rack up the tackles and like Robert Sala just gets the best out of his defense. Especially with some of the spring chickens he's chasing around I and know, the running dude. backs. You I know? know, dude. He's hunting everybody down. Uh, it's not hard to hunt the Pats running backs down right now, but yeah. it's okay. <laughs> uh, at eight, right there with you, I got Jordan Brooks. Okay. Huge jump. Huge, huge jump to be able to say bye to Bobby Wagner and then take on that role. No, let's be real. At the beginning of the season, I thought Seattle was going to be the worst team in the league. I was with you. I was 
dead wrong. They lost in the playoffs last night to probably the best NFC team in San Fran, which is my opinion. But, I mean, they fought for a half, and they're going to get better. They have a ton of draft capital. But to see someone like Jordan Brooks, he's a young guy, anchor that defense, it's very encouraging for years to come. Absolutely. Seven, this is one of the kind of edge rushers that I'm talking about here, Hassan Reddick. Okay. Unreal season. Ton of sacks. I think it was like I thought I saw like sixteen. It was right around there. We'll talk. I have I have Hassan Reddick on my defensive line rankings, and it's really hard making this determination, right? Because this guy's positioned as a linebacker, but depending on the scheme and their style of play, that can mean so many different things. Like look at Xavier McKinney. He's listed as a safety, but this dude covers like tight ends and plays linebacker for the Giants. So you know what? With the way the NFL is today, you know it's always so different, but. Classified as a linebacker, classified as a pass rusher, you can get a little bit of both there. Absolutely exactly. agree. And that's the thing, like with everyone being such like high, like all the positions have become more hybrid. Absolutely. Like you got to do everything. You can't just do one thing, right? No. Like corners can cover, but now you really need to tackle because the receivers are too good where if they catch the ball and you don't tackle them, they're gone. Absolutely. 100%. And six, I'm with you. Aluicon, beast. Just an absolute beast. Again, leading the league in tackles. And if you ask me before the year, I'll be dead honest. I think I saw his name in the draft, and I just kind of glossed over it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he does this this year, and it just leads the league in tackles. And for a Jacksonville team that is up and coming, it is good to have that like solid linebacker that will sit there, and you know that somebody is going to be there to make that tackle, and he's he's the guy. 100%. All right. We're getting into the top five. Before we do that, guys, make sure you go to sensesandbox.net and get your newest merch. Tuan just purchased some, some new hoodies. For, for a couple guys that made some great comments on, on our What's in the Cup video on Instagram, make sure you guys are following us at Since the Sandbox. And go and get your merch and support the show. 100%. While we're on that real quick, I'll shout out Mike Biscuccio and Zach Duvall as the winners for the top two comments. What, what were those comments? comments? <laughs> what was in Kevin's Cup? I got Mac Jones's tears. That's a pretty good one. That was creative. That's a great one. That was That's good. My that favorite was one. Um, and then the other one was like my terrible fantasy takes, which yeah. <laughs> for the league that I was in this year, man, I, I had a tough one, man. Javante. Javante. You got Keenan ruined me. Najee at three again. Like I just emphasize about how Oof. miserable of a pick that was. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. Tuan's going to get his full doses since the sandbox run next year run before fantasy. Year, right? yeah. run, run the next year. <laughs> all right. At five. TJ Edwards, another name that came absolutely out of nowhere. And, you know, there's a lot of big name plays on this Eagles defense, right? So you would never think that, you know, TJ Edwards would have broke out. But 159 tackles, two sacks, 10 tackles for loss, seven pass deflections, and a fumble recovery. So, like I talked about, you know, when a couple of other guys, you know, you're really talking about, you know, the impact in the running game with, with the tackles for a loss. But, you know, the pass deflections are huge, especially when it comes down to linebackers. Because if you have some big guys that you know can stuff the run and hang around that line of scrimmage that can also impact the defensive passing game, absolutely tremendous for defense. And this is a guy that's going to be a leader on that Eagles defense for years to come because we know how much they lack to have talent at the linebacker position since, what was it, Michael Kendricks before his whole uh, little case he had going yeah, on there. Yeah. <laughs> he might be behind bars right now. <laughs> at four, Tuan, somebody you mentioned already in your rankings, I do have a little bit of higher respect for this guy just because when I'm thinking of 
a mold for an inside linebacker position. This guy really fits that. And so young, definitely expect this to, you know, be the expectation, the standard throughout his career. But Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton had 180 tackles, so I want to say that that was the second most in the entire NFL. He had two sacks, nine tackles for loss, three pass deflections, two interceptions, and a forced fumble. And this is a guy that, like you mentioned, you know, absolute anchor, you know, for for that Kansas City defense. And the Chiefs can't be, you know, a top contender or a fourteen and three win team with just an offense, just right? An offense, so, yeah. so this is this is a team that's an emerging defensive unit. When you thought that they were going to collapse, the Chiefs just continued to improve offensively and defensively. Nick Bolton here at four, at three, we have to respect the all-time mold at the linebacker position, and this is Bobby Wagner. And I know that this could be a little bit low. Just think, you know. The three to one can be so interchangeable. It really can. You're looking beyond stats at this point. You know, you're looking for impact. You're looking for leaders, and you're looking for guys that are pretty much set in stone Hall of Famers, right? Bobby Wagner is that to a team. Yep. Making the transition over to the Rams, I'm sure you know he was thinking that they were going to be a little bit more competitive. But we'll see what the Rams are going to be next year. They still got Donald. They still got Ramsey. They, they supposed still got to go to the Super Bowl. I know. Like again, they were supposed to go to the Super Bowl, and that didn't pan out. Arguably the biggest Super Bowl hangover of all time. That, that was nuts. <laughs> that was insane, man. Oh my god. But Bobby Wagner, 140 total tackles. So that's a little bit lower than what we would like to see for Bobby Wagner. But it's all good because the stats that he has in every other category, absolutely tremendous. Six sacks, 10 tackles for loss, five pass deflections, two interceptions, and a forced fumble. Absolutely tremendous. Even after, you know, 30 years old, Bobby Wagner is still making a tremendous impact in the NFL. At two, this is one of the biggest trades that we've seen in the NFL this year. Have to show love and respect. Flock up, Ravens fans. This is where we have Roquan Smith at the number two spot. Uncle Tony's in, no. in Cincinnati right now defending the Ravens and, and standing up for, for what he believes in. And if Tyler Huntley can pull off you know, a, a magician show today, and then the Ravens might have a chance. But the Bengals are a top contender in the NFL, and they're definitely you know, a, a unit that you have to watch out for. But Roquan Smith came over and... After, you know, week four for that Ravens defense, everything changed. You know, half of their defensive stats were, were cut, you know, to a percentage because of his impact. And Roquan's finished the year with 169 total tackles, four and a half sacks, 11 tackles for loss, six pass deflections, and three interceptions out of the linebacker position is one of the most for that position specifically. So Roquan Smith absolutely made, you know, a tremendous impact on that defense and Watch out for the Ravens' defense for years to come. I know their offense has slacked a little bit, and you would think that that's their forte, but Lamar Jackson's been banged up, and let's be real. With a knee injury and a contract, yeah, he wasn't coming back. There's no way, no. right? Like, how could you even risk you have the to, Ravens if you want to take a shot at getting him again? No. Like, why? Yeah, you have to secure the bag there yep. for the Ravens. So, uh, Roquan here, you know, with, with Kyle Hamilton and some of the young pass rushers that they have, if they invest a little bit more in that secondary, the Ravens will be back to contenders in no time. And at one one this isn't just because you're on the episode. Right. This dude is probably the unified, bona fide, whatever fide you want to call him at the <laughs> linebacker position. Fred Warner here at number one for the linebacker positional rankings with 130 total tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss, 
but this is where it gets better, right? 10 pass deflections, an interception, and a forced fumble. Fred Warner's impact goes much, much beyond those stats, right? We're, we're talking about, you know, a leader for one of the best defensive units. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got Hufanga at the safety position. Mm-hmm. They got one of the best pass rushers in Bosa. But without Fred Warner in the middle, none of that's possible. Yeah, Chadavius Ward was a pretty good cornerback this year. You might hear his name in the cornerback rankings. Who knows? You'll have to tune in to find out. But Fred Warner, man... I don't know if, if there's a guy that, that I would pick, maybe with the exception of Roquan or, or Bobby to, you know, argue to be the heart of my defense. Fred yep. Warner here at one. First of all, I got to address this. And this is more out of spite. No Bobby Wagner in the rankings. Wow. He's a beast. He's a beast. But I think the Rams are so fraudulent. I, I like, don't want to put anybody in there. Well, listen, I hear it. I get it. But Bobby Wagner, man, know, one of the bro. best in the position. It's, just, it's, it's legitimately just spite. There's no, yeah. like, it's not like he doesn't deserve it. It yeah. is just spite, man. Right. The Rams threw me for a loop this year, blew way too many parlays. We're not on good terms. <laughs> we are not on good terms. <laughs> oh, shit. But at five, and this is going to be low because of the way I did these with a lot of the pass rushers up top, that's where I have Uncle Tony's Roquan Smith. Okay. Second best middle linebacker in the league. All right, feel that. 100%. Feel that. 100%. With the way you did the rankings, I, I think it's only fair and right. I mean, I see some of the names now that you have up there, and I absolutely respect it. It's just, like we said, it's so hard to classify it these is, guys. They're yeah. playing every different position. Like, it's yeah. insane. They, they run around, and like that just shows you how talented they are. They yeah. can do a ton of different things. You're right. Number four, my Pats fan, stand up. Hey. Matt Judon, baby. Okay. He is a beast, dude. He is a beast. He just... He gets after the quarterback, and like Josh Uche played really well this year. Matt Judon had a big role to play in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely teaching him the teaching him the ways, and again, like Uche up until this year was not fantastic. But at some point, you have a year and a half with uh, Matt Judon, and all of a sudden it clicks. Oh, hey, right? Barmore too. Like this dude's like yeah. a legit defensive lineman as well. Like the Pats are always known for their defense. Like I feel like Belichick's always, you know, creating or scheming, you know, extremely well secondary play. But that all starts with the front seven. You know, sometimes you're really scratching your head, you know, when they're taking these guys that either have like 20 ACLs or like strictly like a scheme fit when it comes to the draft. You know what I mean? But there's also guys like Matt Judon who if – you refer back to, you know, our free agency grade episode. Oh, Judon was the steal of the draft. Like this dude, uh, steal of the free agency yep. with, with uh, a 12 and a half, you know, guarantee at the salary range every single year. I mean, absolute steal for New England. 100%. And I mean, you're raw, you're dead on with the drafts. It's like we, we took Kyle Duggar, who was a beast. Yeah. But when we took him in the second round, it was a, a guy that was D2. Yeah. I was like, What's going on here? Who is this guy? Like Cole Strange. Like, like that was a real weird pick. Like, you who, know, yeah. weird pick. You're like, trade yeah. down for Cole Strange, but like, you know, maybe a refrigerator or something too. Yeah. Bill doesn't know how to do anything in the first round. But yeah. number three, this is going to be very, very controversial because he played part of the year, but when he plays, he makes an impact every time you know he is on the field and everybody is afraid of TJ Watt. That's right. TJ Watt's an animal. And shout out JJ Watt, man. Hope for the best in retirement. Like, I just thank you for years of just awesome football to watch, honestly. Yeah, I mean, one of the most impactful plays the league has ever seen. And in recent years, the only defensive player, actually, 
besides Aaron Donald, the only defensive player that I would have ever considered for MVP. J.J. Watt was absolutely deserving. I mean, in his prime, I want to say in 2013, 2014, you're talking about a dude who would have consistently 18 sacks, who would catch three or four touchdowns in a goal line package, balls tipped, broken, noses, uh, you got you got the arm strap going on. Like you're just talking about like absolutely one of the staples of the 2010 decade. Exactly. And now onto this one. All my loser cowboy fans, stand up for Micah Parsons. Okay, too. loser cowboy fans. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. If you like the Cowboys and you were born after like 1980. What are you doing? Like yeah. you're just you're just bandwagon. <laughs> That's you, Chris Rich. I'm calling you a Oh shit, Chris Rich, it's getting personal. First name basis on the podcast. Right right <laughs> off the bat. Um but he's so good, man. Like he's just the best player on that defense, and he is a nightmare to play against. People line up and they're like, I right, here we go. Like, yeah. What am I gonna get? Am I gonna get like a power rush? Am yep. I gonna get a spin move? Am I gonna get this dude I rushing and then dropping and pat yeah, like seriously. <laughs> like, am I gonna see him or is he already gone? No, you're right. Absolutely. And uh Unanimous number one, Fred Warner. I watched him tackle Nick Bosa to get to Kenneth Walker yesterday. <laughs> dude, what? Nick Bosa's a big dude. Yeah. He just like jumps up right on Nick Bosa's Made back, so gets easy. Kenneth Walker. I'm like, that's that's your number one. I knew yesterday I'm watching it. I'm like, I can't wait to tell that for number one. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Twan's been plotting. But since the Sandbox fans, that's going to wrap things up for our linebacker positional rankings. Twan's going to stick around and talk about the defensive linemen together. Make sure to go and check out the safeties. And guys, go to sincethesandbox.net, Apple, or Spotify to leave a five-star review because we deserve nothing less. If it's not five stars, we do not want, want it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Peace out, guys.